Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. with the Master Key, Unlocking and Liberating the Real You. Well, I pray that your day has been great, wonderful, powerful. I'm sure it has been because you serve a great God, an awesome God, a powerful God. The scripture clearly says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So therefore, if the Bible said greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, then if things in this world was greater, that means you became conscious of the world than conscious of the greater one that lives within you. He is the creator of the heavens, the earth, and all they that dwells therein, as well as the world. So the greater one lives in you. It's up to you and I to become conscious of the greater one that lives within us. Then I must become more conscious within than being conscious without. I must come to the place that I allow the inner to govern the outer and not allow the outer to influence the inner. So you and I are made in the image and the likeness of the greater one who lives in us. Then if he who is in me is greater, that means you and I are greater. Because we are made in the image and the likeness of the greater one. So are you conscious of the greatness that you are? Because of the greatness that he is? Because he is, so are you. All right, well, let's get ready to see what's on the agenda, the heart of the Lord today. Those of you all that desire to call in and have questions, you can call it our 800 number, 877-537-3321. I have a regular call-in number, 347-237-5493. Call your family and friends and tell them to join with us today as we articulate the heart of the mind of God to you. And we pray that uh, today's broadcast will be a blessing to you, that they'll be able to serve you in some kind of capacity to help you to discover who you are and to help you to liberate yourself. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So therefore, let's see what the truth that the Holy Spirit will convey to us today. Once again, uh, call your families and friends to tell them to join with us. Area code 347-237-54093. All right. 
Once again, this is your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie, with the Master King. This has been in my spirit all day, something that we articulated on yesterday in our uh, message. We were sharing some principles about a prophetic word that was spoken over our lives. In 2008, and we saw and experienced the manifestation of portions of that scripture. One of the things that can be confusing is when we receive a word from heaven that we try to interpret it from this realm. And so many people is frustrated and aggravated because they're trying to perceive, and they don't know they're doing this, trying to perceive something that is spiritual from a natural perspective. It will bring frustration every time. So we had received the word. I thought it was fascinating to see how it unfolded and unlocked. We had received a word that God was reinstating us. That was portion, a small portion of the word of the Lord that was spoken over us. But think about it, if we're going to be reinstated, something had to happen in the minds of the people or in this realm to cause us to either fall from a place or a state to be reinstated to a place or a state. We went through a major transition last year, and... We had to go through something in order to be reinstated back to a position or a state or a place. October the 7th, 2012, God uh, allowed our bishop to come here. That meeting was a reinstating. God used him to reinstate us to a position in the kingdom of God. And everything has been reinstated. And that which has been reinstated, all of it have not fully manifested. So when God gives you a prophetic word, wisdom would dictate that you don't take that word at face value. And that's what happened to so many people. They take the prophetic word that's been spoken over their life and they, they take it as face value when there is numerous spiritual connotations behind that prophetic word. It may sound simple, but many times uh, God uh, uh, is saying something else totally different than what it appeared to be. That is why you must ask the spirit of the living God to, to give you the understanding and the interpretation of what has been articulated to you from a man or woman of God. If a man or woman of God is speaking by the spirit, then it's going to take the same Holy Spirit that lives, dwells, and abides in you to give you the interpretation of the understanding of that which has been articulated to you. So many times we, we get it, receive it, and think we understand it. Your finite mind, my finite mind, 
cannot understand spiritual things. Paul said in the word of the Lord that the natural mind receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. And so when God gives us a prophetic word, and then when God is positioning us for the fulfillment of that word, the positioning many times may appear to be contrary to what we think that word means. So if we get a spiritual understanding, and when God is maneuvering and positioning and causing things to happen for that word to be fulfilled, we will not get flustered. We will not allow ourselves to become confused. We will understand, or if we don't understand, we will sit in our spirit that God is doing something, God is up to something. When God allowed things to break out against me in this ministry on last year, coming into this year, it was painful, but in my spirit I knew it was God. God confirmed to me in my inner man that this is not the devil, this is me. Now, we got to understand I'm going somewhere with this to help us to grasp and understand what the Lord is saying to us today in our broadcast concerning a prophetic word that's been spoken of your life and the fulfillment of that word. Now think about it. Lies is not of God. Confusion is not of God. Violating authority is not of God. But that's exactly what happened to me. So then how could it be God? If God is a God of truth, God is a God of order, God is a God of peace, God is a God of unity, and the very opposite happened and God said it is me, that sounds contradictable, doesn't it? It appeared to be an oxymoron. <laughs> it appears to be a paradox. So how can this thing be? It don't make any sense. But if it's God and not the devil, is it contradictable? Think about it, ladies and gentlemen. The devil, is he greater than God? Absolutely not. Is the prince of powers and the powers of darkness, are they greater than God? Absolutely not. Are demon spirits, demonic forces, are they greater than God? Absolutely not. What about the agents of Satan, witches, warlocks, mediums, are they greater than God? Absolutely not. Then what are you saying, preacher? What I'm saying is what can an enemy do? What can Satan do? 
What can demons do? What can principalities and powers do? What can the agents of Satan do? If God himself, who is almighty, all-powerful, all-authoritative, what can they do only but what the all-sovereign, all-powerful, almighty God allowed them to do? So therefore, do you belong to God? Yes. So you mean to tell me you belong to God? Yes. Are you the property of Almighty God? Yes. Then if you are the property of Almighty God and you belong to him, do anyone have the power? Forget about the authority because no one has the authority because all authority that be has been ordained by God. And Jesus rose with all authority in heaven and he rose with all authority in earth. So that means then if you belong to God and God is all powerful, almighty, nothing can happen to you unless God give permission. So when all hell broke loose against me, accusation, slander, lies, uh, dishonor, disrespect, you name it. And But God turns around and said, this is not Satan, this is me. Then that means God allowed it to be. And then if God allowed it to be, then that means there must be grace to sustain me in the midst of it. Now, we got to get this thing down pat. I'm, I'm going through this prophetic thing here, this prophetic word. If that being the case, then if it was God, but yet at the same time, it was contrary to the word of God, and the people that was being used by Satan, well, watch this right here, but it's God. They're being used by the enemy, but at the same time, it is God. That means I have an obligation and a responsibility not to allow myself to be angry with the instruments that God is allowing Satan to use. Are you seeing this? Because God said, it is me. It is not Satan, it is me. Then if what I'm saying is biblical, I need to find it. Where is it in the Word? Well, let's look at Job's situation. Everybody's familiar with the Job situation, or with his situation. Richest man in the East. A man that feared God according to the word of God. There was a hedge of protection around him. He had three good friends, best friends. And one day, God who is sovereign, God who is omnipotent, God who is omniscient, God who is omnipresent, 
focus the devil's attention towards Job. Do you desire my servant Job, knowing, Satan, that there is no one like him? Not in all the world, not in the Middle East, not no there's nobody like him. Satan understands humanity. Notice his response back to God. He's not serving you for nothing. I would serve you too if I was blessed like him. Anybody would serve you if they was blessed like you have blessed Job. He's not serving you for nothing. You have blessed the work of his hands. You have a hedge of protection around him, his spouse, his children. You have a hedge of protection around his manservants, maidservants. You have a hedge of protection around his livestock. Is he serving you for nothing? Now, let me ask you this question as I'm continuing on to break this thing down to us today. Is Satan saying the same thing to God about you? Is is Satan saying, listen, so-and-so, they're not serving you for nothing. You look at they, they look at you. You protected their marriage. They have not experienced any challenge in their marriage. They have not experienced any challenges with their children. They have not experienced any challenges with their business. They have not experienced any challenges with their employer. They have not experienced any challenges in the church. They have not experienced any challenges with their siblings. They're not serving you for nothing, God. Then God speaks to Satan and says, listen, go ahead. Touch everything that I have blessed Job with, but just don't touch his life. Can God say to Satan the same thing about you? Are you serving him because God has blessed you? So now here's the principle. Satan went forth and destroyed everything, killed his children, livestock, played with the mind of his wife, played with Job's body. That's the second incident. And he did not curse God in his face. Can God brag on you? Now, the principle is Satan did it, but Satan could not do it because God had a hedge around him. Are you born again? Are you saved? Do God have a hedge of protection around you like he had around Job? Absolutely. Could Satan get to Job without God giving permission? Absolutely not. So therefore, 
when God spoke to me and said, this is not Satan, this is me, same principle. Notice Job's three friends. The Bible didn't call them acquaintances. The Bible called them friends. Were they used by Satan? Absolutely. Because this was a God thing, and they was telling Job that he had sinned. So was it his friends or was it Satan? It was his friends under the influence of Satan, which they had no idea that they was being used by Satan. Because they had never seen nothing like that before. So when God spoke to me and said, this is not what you are going through, this is not Satan, this is me. But Satan used people, didn't he? Just like Satan used Job's three friends. But what was Job's attitude towards his friends? What was my attitude towards those that Satan used to come against me? The Bible says, you know what the scripture says, in Job 42, God gave him a charge to pray for his friends. So therefore, when I went through what I went through, these were individuals that was members of a Panorama Christian Center, my church, that God has graced me to a shepherd. So at one particular time, I shepherd these individuals. At one particular time, I have spoken into their life. At one particular time, that God has allowed me to prophesy into their life, pray over them, pray over their spouses, pray over their children at one particular time. So when God allowed them to rise up against me and allowed them to submit themselves to the forces of darkness, how did I handle it? God graced Catherine myself to do the same identical thing that he gave, or the charge he gave to Job. Pray for your friends. But God never promised Job what the outcome would be if he prayed for his friend. God just said, pray for them. Think about it. Job is in a state of oppression, state of sickness and disease in his body. So he got had to be oppressed, depressed. Wife told him to curse God and die. Friends coming against him. Who feel like praying when you've been bombarded, when you've been attacked? Who feel like praying for anyone? Absolutely nobody, because you're thinking about yourself. Because you don't understand why am I going through what I'm going through. One day you're the richest man in the East, the next day you're the poorest man in the East. All of a sudden, no warning. No nothing. It just happened. Disaster hit you in one day. Ladies and gentlemen, 
but he received a charge from God to pray. And God did not say, I'm going to restore you. God did not say, I'm going to bless you. Pray for your friends. The man in the midst of being oppressed, depressed, in the midst of being challenged in his body, in the midst of being challenged by his wife, in the midst of being challenged by his three friends, his three best friends, he obeyed God. Can you obey God? Can you do what God has commissioned and called you to do when all hell is broken loose against you and you have lost every single thing? You lost your loved ones. You lost your children. You really have lost your wife. She's alive, but you lost her because she have told you to curse God and die. She's under the influence of Satan. You lost your three best friends. You have nobody but God. And there's warfare in your mind even about God. That God has forsaken you. The enemy is bombarding you. The enemy is speaking to you. The enemy is shooting thoughts in your minds about God. But Job didn't submit. Job didn't yield. He fought within him to hold on to his view of God. That God was faithful. God was righteous. I deserve whatever's happened to me, I deserve it. Naked I came into the world, naked I go out. Everything I had I had anyway was by grace. Those children wasn't mine, God gave those children to me by the grace of God. The wealth that I accumulated was by grace, the grace of God. This woman I married, I married her by the grace of God. So I don't own anything anyway. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit is talking to someone today. Oh, I sense the Spirit of the living God is ministering to someone today. He's talking to you. You've been blaming Satan. You've been blaming people. But the Lord belongs to you. You belong to the Lord. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. No one is bigger. No one is greater. God is challenging your mind right now. God is challenging your heart right now to see your situation from his perspective. Stop. Cease yielding to the lies of the enemy. God is bigger. God is greater. God has the ability to restore the years that the locust, the cankerworm, the caterpillar, and the plumber worm has eaten. God has a set time. God has a due season waiting for you. He's already determined it. But what you experience in your due season, in your set time, is contingent upon your, the attitude and the disposition that you have now when you don't understand what is going on with you. This is the time and the season for you to be quiet. This is the time and the season for you to hear all of the things that everybody is saying 
but no response. Because you don't even understand it. How can you answer them? One day you're the richest person in the East, the righteous man in the East, and next day you're counted as a sinner. The next day everyone says you had to sin against God because there's no way in the world God would allow this to happen. It's less than you sin. God got to be punishing you. Could it be that he's bragging on you and not punishing you? Is it possible that he's counting on you to exalt him in the midst of the things you don't understand? Is it possible that he's counting on you to praise him and to worship him in spirit and truth in the midst of all the hell that's broken loose against you? Is it possible that he's counting on you to hold on to your faith without wavering? Is it possible? But the devil is bombarding your mind and, letting, and, and, and telling you that you sinned against God. This is why this has happened to you. Is it possible that God is positioning you for promotion? Is it possible that God is positioning you for elevation? Is it possible that God has a raise for you? A new position? New status? A new position of honor? A new position of authority? Is it possible that he's trying to promote you? Elevate you? Is it possible? But what is your attitude towards the people that God is allowing Satan to use to come against you, to challenge your integrity, to challenge your relationship with God? They believe that you was a man of God. They believe that you was a woman of God. But now since hell is broken loose against you, they are challenging it. You cannot be a man of God. You cannot be a woman of God because it's nowhere in the world. If you was a man or woman of God, these things would be happening to you. Job's attitude was, I deserve everything that is happening to me. Because everything that I did have was by grace and grace only. If God see fit for me to be lied on, so be it. If God see fit for me uh, uh, to be ostracized, so be it. If God see fit for me to be persecuted, so be it. If God see, see fit for me to be forsaken, so be it. My life belongs to you. My whole spirit, my whole soul, my whole body, it's yours anyway. You are the owner of my spirit. You are the owner of my soul. You are the owner of my body. What am I to say to the creator? What am I to say to the one that gave me this, this spouse, these children, these sheep, these goats, this silver, this gold, this home? What am I to say to him? He the one that gave it to me, it all belongs to him anyway. So what am I to say to the owner of all things? Naked I came in. 
and naked I'm going to go out. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what's going to happen anyway. You came into this world without anything, you're going to leave out without any everything, anything. In a way, that's true. But I'm talking about material. But you did come in this world without God, but you will leave out with God. So in a way, it's true. I came in this world without nothing, but I'm going to leave with Christ. I'm going to leave with Jesus, the Son of the living God. So now, let's look at how this thing operates. God spoke to him and said, pray for your friends that submitted themselves to the influence of Satan that came against you. We don't know what the prayer was, but we know he prayed for them. And that's what I did. And I believe because God graced us to pray for these individuals, and as of today, I still have absolutely nothing in my heart against any of those individuals. They belong to God. And I shared this with our congregation. Stop getting in arguments with these individuals. Stop getting in confrontation with these individuals. Leave them alone. Why would you submit yourself to their authority, which is really the authority of Satan if they've been used by Satan? Why would you submit yourself to that? Why would you yield to that? Leave them alone. Now watch this right here. I said they still belong to God. I didn't say they belong to Satan. I said they still belong they still belong to God. They still is individuals that are confessing salvation. You say, but they're acting just like the devil. They're letting the devil use them. Well, haven't you let the devil use you before? I have allowed the devil to use me before. Every born-again believer, every person on the face of this earth that is saved, have allowed Satan to use them before. I have allowed Satan to use me against my wife, against my children, against business people. Not just so much deliberately, but ignorantly because of flesh. Because of my flesh. Are you seeing this? Are you getting this? Are you comprehending this? This is how this thing works, ladies and gentlemen. So they still belong to God. They was redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. They are the purchased possession of Almighty God. Regardless of being used by Satan or not, if God didn't want them to be the instrument of Satan against me, God know how to intervene. God can snap his finger, and they can be set free from the influence of Satan. And their eyes can be opened, and they're able to see. Are you hearing the Holy Spirit today? My prayer to God, that everyone listening to me, to this broadcast, and those that will listen later, I pray that the Spirit of the living God 
will open up the eyes of your understanding. The Spirit of God will break every satanic and demonic and fleshly manipulation off of your mind, your will, your conscious and subconscious state. I pray that truth will penetrate and expose every lie, and God will give you the grace, the strength to pray for those that the enemy has raised up to war against you. Ladies and gentlemen, it is preparation. God is preparing you for promotion. God is preparing you for elevation. God is preparing you for advancement. People is not your enemy. So even the instruments that Satan may use, they are not your enemy. Satan is your enemy. He don't want you to listen to this. He don't want you to hear this. He wants you to be aggravated and frustrated. He wants you to hang up. He wants you to disconnect. He don't want you to listen to what God is saying because he wants to keep you in bondage. He want to keep you manipulated. He want to keep you focusing on yourself, how the pain, how it feels. He don't want you free. Listen, this is a fight. You have to fight to love, fight to forgive, fight to focus, fight to believe God, fight to trust God with your spirit, with your soul, with your body. You have to fight to believe that he's bigger, to believe that he's greater, to believe that he's sovereign, that he is controlling and ordering my steps. You got to believe. The Bible says that God restored to Job double everything that he lost after he prayed for his friends. He said, What that got to do with the prophetic word? Everything. Job was restored double of everything that he lost. Now, this is the key. Job didn't know that God was going to restore double. Job didn't even know the time that God was going to restore double. He didn't know the day. He did not know the hour. He did not know the time. But my question to you, Job did not know, but did God know? Absolutely. Job had a set, God had a set time for Job's restoration. A set time. There was a time that was marked out that this day, this time, this hour, this minute, this second, I'm going to restore Job. God had a set time. Heaven had a set time. But Job did not know the timing of God. But God did. And that's the point I want to bring to you today. Concerning the prophetic. When you receive a prophetic word, 
Do heaven know the day that has been marked out for the fulfillment of that word? Absolutely. Do you have the power to expedite that word? No, you don't. It's not your will. It is his will. So we want to look at something. This is a scripture that I shared on yesterday to help us to see, comprehend, and understand how this thing works. Heaven has already determined it. The moment a prophetic word or a word from God is articulated through a human being to you, in the mind of God, that word is already established, that word is already fulfilled, that word is already, it's a done deal. The moment a prophet or a prophetic voice articulates to you, the word of the Lord, in the realm of God, that word is already fulfilled. In the realm of God, that word was already fulfilled even before the foundations of the world. The reason you was born, really, you was born for that word to come to pass. Without your birth, there there wouldn't be a necessity for a word. So therefore, God has marked out certain seasons that heaven will release the revelation of, of heaven's heart, heaven's mind concerning your purpose and your destiny. That is why some prophetic words seem like they are Absolutely impossible for the fulfillment of it. Because you're looking at your circumstance and situation, you're looking at your pedigree, you're looking at your lineage, you're looking at where you come from, you're looking at what you know or don't know, you're looking at who you know or who you don't know, and you're hearing the word and you're sizing your word up with yourself. <laughs> Do you not understand and realize, ladies and gentlemen, that any word from God is always going to be bigger than you? It's going to be bigger than your family. It's going to be bigger than your past, your present. It's going to be bigger than who you know. It's going to be bigger than what you know when God gives you a word. You've got to understand how it works, ladies and gentlemen. But God has already marked out the timing of um, the fulfillment of that word. That is why, think about it. That is why some words, it takes 10, 20, 30 years for the fulfillment. Some words take a year. Some words may even take a month. Some words may take a, a six months, what the case may be. But, but if God gives you a word, and it takes 5, 10, 15, 20 years, it is because... Um, God is taking you through a process of preparation for the fulfillment of that word. Please, ladies and gentlemen, understand how this thing works. Your preparation is designed for you to become 
what has been spoken over you. The becoming is not external. The becoming is internal. I tell people this all the time. What God spoke and promised you must never be bigger than you. If you receive from God a word or the manifestation of your word and it's bigger than you, you receive your word out of timing. You receive your word out of season. You've got to understand how it works. What God does, he makes the man, he makes the woman out of the word before the word be fulfilled. Because the word must never be greater than you. Are you getting this? Now let's look at this scripture here, if you will. This is, this is going to help us to understand something. Powerful scripture, if we understand it. Now, we know, according to the word of the Lord, uh, in the book of, uh, what scripture I'm looking for? Samuel. First Samuel, chapter 13, verse 8 through 10. This is a scripture we shared with the people on yesterday, but I want to, break, I want to bring some things out uh, concerning this today. First Samuel, chapter 13, verse 8 through 10, God spoke in, I think, chapter 9. God gave a word to King Saul from Samuel. Now, if a man of God, a woman of God, is speaking by the Spirit of the living God, then the man and the woman is nothing but the instrument. So who's really talking? God. God is speaking through the man. God is speaking through the woman. So God spoke through Samuel and gave a word to Saul, the king of Israel, go to Gilgal. Go there and wait for me for seven days, and then I will come and I will let you know what you to do next. Just go wait, and once I get there, I will give you further instructions. Now, who spoke that? Samuel. Who spoke through Samuel? God. So who really gave Samuel the instruction? God. Where do God dwells? Well, his throne is in heaven. So the heavens is articulating to Saul, giving him an appointment, giving him an assignment, giving him a designated time and a designated place. In other words, God, Samuel said, I will be, don't make a move until I get there. I will give you instructions once I get there. Who is speaking? Samuel. But who's speaking through Samuel? God. So God has made an appointment to meet Saul at a designated place at a designated time. It's an appointment. So heaven has an appointment with earth, a certain place on earth. And that place that heaven wants to meet earth is Gilgal. At a certain specific time, seven days from now. Are, are, are you getting this? We've got to understand, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to understand God, and we've got to understand how God functions, how God operates. So Samuel gives him the instructions, tell him to go. He goes. Now, he didn't know 
what was going to happen when he went to Gilgal. He just got instructed, go. Now, once again, is God sovereign? Yes. Do God know, did God know uh, uh, what was going to happen? Absolutely. Did God know he was going to challenge Satan against Job? Absolutely. Did Job know? Absolutely not. Did Saul know that there was going to be a massive army with uh, horsemen, uh, men on foot, as numerous as the sand upon the seashore? Did Saul know that? No. Did God know it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now watch this right here. The enemy is coming against Saul at the appointed place that God said, wait on me. I am coming there. Don't make a move. I will give you further instructions uh, when I get there. Now watch this right here. God is everywhere, but he's not manifested everywhere. He's only going to manifest himself at the appointed place and at the appointed time. So therefore, Samuel said, wait till I get there, which God was saying it through Samuel. He's the man of God. But, but God allowed a massive army to encamp against Saul at the appointed place that God ordained for Saul to be. And at the appointed time where God is going to meet Saul, God is going to meet Saul at a certain time at a certain place. And the place that God is going to meet Saul and the time that God is going to meet Saul is where there's over 30,000 horsemen. And they didn't even name, count the uh, uh, number, the footmen, as numerous as the sand upon the seashore. God allowed Saul's men to defect. The spirit of fear came upon them. All of them left him. Watch this right here. They left him at the appointed place and the appointed time. By the time God shows up in Samuel, all of his men has left him. Oh, are you hearing, Holy, hearing the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen? Are you hearing the Holy Spirit? So where God is going to meet Saul, the place that God has appointed, the place that heaven has appointed, and the time that heaven has appointed, God calls all of his men, all of his crutches, Anything or anyone he could depend on has forsaken him. It's nobody left. Nobody left but Saul. But God is getting ready to meet him. Are you, are you hearing the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen? The enemy's ultimate goal is to get you to move out of the place that God has appointed you. And to move out of timing, the time where God is going to meet you. Are you you hearing me? You can be in the right place but move out of timing. 
You can be at the right time, but have moved out of place. Saul was at the right place, but he moved out of the timing of God. Notice this, if you will. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 8 through 10. Then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel, which is really set by God. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And the people were scattered from him. At least he had some confidence among the peoples around him. But God always, when God is getting ready to elevate you, when God is going to promote you, he will not allow anyone to be a crutch or a comfort to you. Anyone that you can depend upon, anyone that you can trust in, God will not allow it. He's going to cause people to scatter. He's going to, he's going to close every door to any human being. Verse 9. So Saul said, bring a burnt offering and peace offering here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Verse 10. Now you've got to understand, ladies and gentlemen, God speak. He means exactly what he says and says exactly what he means. He said, wait till I get there and I give you instructions when I get there. I didn't tell you to burn any uh, offerings. I did not tell you to offer the burnt offering to me. I did not tell you to offer peace offerings to me. I told you to wait until I get there. He moved out of timing. Verse 10. Now it happened, as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, and understand, offerings cannot be received if God have not sanctioned it to be so. God did not sanction these peace offerings. God did not sanction these burnt offerings. So he was offering burnt offerings and peace offerings in his own strength out of his flesh, and it was not orchestrated by heaven. Heaven did not say, give me a burnt offering. Heaven did not say, give me a peace offering. Heaven said, wait until I get there. Wait until I get there. Are, are you hearing this, ladies and gentlemen? We, 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 we got to get this and understand this. Now it happened, verse 10 again. Now it happened as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering that Samuel came or God showed up. And Saul went out to meet him that he might greet him. He went out to meet him that he might greet him. But he went out to meet God out of timing, out of timing, because the, the moment he offered the burnt offering, the moment he offered the peace offering, he moved out of the timing of God. Are, are you getting this? Satan's ultimate goal that was the ultimate goal. One of his manipulations, ladies and gentlemen, is to get you to move out of the assigned place or out of the assigned timing. That's his, that's his goal. Why? 
because, watch this right here, watch this right here. That day, heaven was forfeited, an entrance into the earth. Heaven was forfeited, an entrance into the earth. Why you say that, preacher? Because the verb of the word time there uh, is uh, mode, M-O, apostrophe V, E-D. And, it, and, and the derivative is found um, in the book of, uh, uh, what book is that? Amos. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's found in the book of Amos 3.3. And very, every, basically, the majority of people is familiar with the scripture here. It says here in Amos 3.3, uh, 3, uh, how can two walk together except they be agreed? How can two walk together except they be agreed? Now, what does that say in here? It's very important that which we understand. A lot of times we pray the prayer of agreement. We, we, let's agree. No, no, no. See, agreement goes beyond just prayer. If Saul had a state there, even when his men panicked and left him, because he had a word from God, and he was not going to move until Samuel showed up. When Samuel showed up, that means heaven showed up. To wait for the next instructions. That means Saul had the heart of God. Saul was in agreement with God. Saul was in agreement with heaven. And the moment earth agrees with heaven, heaven now has legal access to the earth. And God would have flowed through Samuel, and, uh, not Samuel, Saul. And God would have destroyed that massive army through Saul. Are you getting this? God would have showed himself strong through Saul, and God would have established Saul that day. Saul would have been established, his family would have been established, his household would have been established that day because God found the man that would agree with heaven. A man on earth, God in heaven. God initiated time, and God initiated the plaints. He just needed a man to agree with him regardless of what's coming against him, he had the right attitude, the right disposition. I'm going to stand here until my change come. I'm going to wait on God till my change come. But Saul missed it. He moved out of time and really place as well. He moved out of his place and he moved out of his time. Point of time. Ladies and gentlemen, that's my time. That just... Got a warning. That's my time. I pray that you enjoyed this broadcast today. I pray that God has challenged you and you got something from the Lord today. Uh, tomorrow we'll be back with you at 6 p.m. to 7. Tell someone about the broadcast, if you will. Uh, join me. I think I will finish this up tomorrow and talk about time, seasons, and, and cycles. I believe it will be a blessing to you. God bless you. This has been your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie, with the Master Key, Unlocking and Liberating the Real You. Uh, tell somebody, if you will, about the broadcast. Join me tomorrow. We love you, appreciate you. We're here to serve you and look forward to being with you on tomorrow. God bless you now.